0: It's really important when you're thinking about making a change to your life using property that you have your financial structure set up before you start. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. It's Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates Today. And so today we're tackling the topic of funding your renovation. So this is a critical piece in the whole overall process. And so I just wanted to seed a few ideas that some you will already know, some are a little bit more outside the box. Okay. So as always, it's important that you do everything you can to look after yourself and manage the risk. We're talking about buying and renovating property. And so this information is general in nature. And because it's relating to finance, that's even more important to be aware that you need to get advice from your own personal experts in finance, Accounting, financial planning before you take any action based on what you hear today. Okay, so it's really important when you're thinking about making a change to your life using property that you have your financial structure set up before you start. So, you know, that means making sure that you've got all the components in place before you start looking for property. So, it's important that you get all the pieces of the puzzle in place before you start. Because, as you know, there's nothing more annoying than finding the perfect property and not being in a position to move. And I can guarantee you that if you go out looking for a property, you will find the perfect property day one if your money's not ready. So, this is something that you need to get organized up front. And sometimes it takes time. And especially now, approvals are taking longer than we're used to. And so this is an important piece of puzzle. So the first model I'm talking about is the traditional model. So this is what Stephen and I have used forever. And so what we have is some sort of facility for the cash that you need in a project. So to cover the deposit the buying costs, the holding costs, sometimes even the selling costs. Usually we don't, but yeah. So you need some cash and that can be anything from 30% of the value of the property upwards. Okay. So depending on the scope, how long you're holding it for, all that sort of thing is, yeah, you need to factor that in and that comes out in your feasibility. But then the other thing that you need is an investment loan. So, and that will be normally will be say 80% but sometimes you know you're finding it hard to get the deal over the line or get the money together you might go for a 90% LVR now of course that brings in other implications like lender mortgage insurance and so on so obviously i'm just touching on this today i'm not going to go into detail But one thing you should know is there are some professions that are not required to have lender's mortgage insurance. So it's a really good idea to look that up and find out if that relates to you because that will mean that you can have a higher LVR. And for those who don't know, LVR means loan to value ratio. So the relationship between the loan and the value of the property Yeah, So you can have a higher LVR, which basically means you can have less cash. And so that's the model we've used a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time. So we have a facility with some cash in it and then get a loan as well. So that's pretty typical. A lot of renovators use this strategy. I guess the main thing to say is make sure that you get those facilities set up before you look. And let's say because a lot of our innovators are looking at not working any longer, you might be looking at retiring or you might be looking at just, you know, cutting back your hours and sort of gradually moving out of your work, then you want to really think about how you're going to maintain those facilities when you stop working. So a little bit of work in, before you actually stop working will pay off in spades. I shouldn't say you can, but there is a process to go through to build up a history as a renovator for profit to be able to borrow using the income that you get from your renovating, but it takes time. so you I guess the name of the game is planning. So that's the first model. Okay, so the second model is one that you probably know too and that is a joint venture. And so you can have, you know, one joint venture partner or or you can have several joint venture partners. Last year I did a project where I had 40. And so, you know, one provides the investment loan, one provides the cash, you work out who's going to do the project between you and off you go. Important with that model to make sure you get it set up properly in terms of you need to have a legal structure and you also need to have an agreement that overarches that legal structure that is legally binding because joint ventures are like getting married. And occasionally I think, oh, maybe I'm being over the top with this, but sorry, no, that's exactly what it's like. I know this because I see the back end of lots of joint ventures. So When you get married, you have a funny honeymoon phase and everything's wonderful and there couldn't be possibly something that would go wrong with it. But as time goes on, things begin to get on your nerves and you will find there will be times in your project when you don't like your other partner very much. So it's really important to be aware of that before you go into it and make sure that you plan for it. I always say if you come across conflict in a joint venture, work your way through it. Don't go down the legal path because I can guarantee you that nobody wins. So just work your way through it to the end and then change the structure for the next joint venture. But when you get a joint venture process that works and works well, it's pure music. It enables you to go and do projects together and have the capacity of two or more people, not just your own. So it gives you a lot of leverage. And I think it's a bit like one plus one doesn't equal two, it equals three or four. You get exponential leverage as a result of that. Really important, once again, to have your specialists helping you with that. Do not skimp on the documentation because it will come back and bite you. And yeah, so on. I'm pretty sure I have done episodes on joint ventures. So if it's something that interests you, then please go back and look at those episodes. Now, number three is similar to a joint venture. Well, it is a joint venture, but that's where you take on the project and you find money partners to invest in your project. Now, it's important that you have runs on the board when you do this. I would not suggest doing this as a newbie renovator, but that is a very powerful strategy because a lot of people want to invest their money somewhere where they might earn more than the lousy interest rates that they get from the bank, but don't have the time to do projects. So one of our renovators actually sat down, made a list of all the people in her life that she thought might possibly be money partners for her projects, rang them all up, and out of that got a really great, reliable joint venture partner who had lots of capacity for funding projects. So that really enabled her to do bigger and better projects than what she would have done on her own. So certainly think about that, but build up your skill as you go, so you can get to a point, and that's really when you have true control over your life because you can determine what projects you're going to do and then you can go and find the investors to invest in your project. So you still use the legal structures and so on and the legal advice. So you need an accountant and a lawyer, property lawyer to help you with that. But it's once you get that structure set up, then you sort of got the license to print money. So number four, so this is something that may come up more now because the property market's slowing down. It's never a good strategy when it's buoyant, but that's vendor finance. So that's when the vendor leaves some or all of the money in the, no, usually it's some, not all of it, in the property and you structure a payment plan. So you're not getting finance from a bank. The owner is actually financing the project. Now, as I said, it's never preferable for the vendor because when they list a property to sell, they want to get it sold and get it sold now. But when the market's cooler, then it often, they when they're finding it harder to sell their properties, often it can be a win-win. Now, once again, you need to use a lawyer to help you navigate that because there are lots of things that you need to think about, like when do you get your name on the title? If you're paying for it, when does that get your name on the title? When do you need to pay out the balance of it? So working out the terms of the finance and making sure that your interests are looked after. I have a friend who's done a few of these projects and basically what he does is buys properties that are suitable for Airbnb. And because he's in business, he finds getting finance difficult. And so he, I think he's on his third and he sort of buys it on vendor finance and then builds up the earning capacity of the properties to be able to get finance on it and then earn it in his own right. And so the most recent project that he bought, to my knowledge, I've been talking to him for a while, was a vineyard in the Hunter Valley. And so he spent around about 18 months negotiating that purchase. And of course, once he got it, he was able to build the income of the property up and build the capacity to pay for it. So that's a rather creative out of the box strategy. Yeah. So another one, but as always, make sure that you've got the support of good advisors. Number five is another out-of-the-box strategy. So that's to buy a property with options. Now, once again, you need your lawyer to help you navigate the conditions of it because this path is studded with opportunities to slip up. But it's something to think about. So in when you buy something with an option... Basically, what you're doing is you're buying it and, well, you're putting in an expression of interest to buy it and you're paying a lump sum. So developers use this a lot and it has an end date on it. And so between when you sign the contract and the end date, you need to decide whether you're fully going ahead with it or not. And I'll probably, I'll give you an example of how that works or well, someone that actually was doing this to just show you how it works. So basically what she did was she saw a splitter block, which the vendor was having trouble selling. And mainly because the house on needed to be demolished and people looking at the block were unable to visualize really what they were getting. So all they could see was this house would need demolishing. And so when they looked at it, they couldn't really move forward on it and the vendor was not willing to sort of spend the money on demolishing the house. So what she did is she bought it on an option. Often there it's $1,000 or a nominal amount. She paid to have the house demolished and then split the title so she had two titles. So she was attempting to sell both of them before the option expired but she couldn't do that. So she did end up having to come up with the stamp duty. So stamp duty has to be paid before a property within three months of a property changing ownership. Had she been able to execute it fully that she would have avoided having to pay that, but she did have to pay it. However, she was able to sell the two properties and then just pocketed the difference between what she needed to, she exercised her option, what she needed to pay the vendor and the amount that she actually sold the two properties. So basically the risks are that you don't get your project completely executed and sold in the timeframe. And these days that's highly likely. So that's why I'm saying you want to make sure that you work with a lawyer to make sure that you protected from things like that happening but it's probably the only way that I've been able to figure out where you can sort of bypass the stamp duty step. It's not overly simple to do. So be aware of that, but just to let you know, that is an option. Okay. And the last way, so this is really around if you've got a property and you need to fund the renovation on it, but you don't have the money to do it. So If it's only a small amount, you can usually get a personal loan. So often you can get an unsecured amount. They lend money for holiday, the banks lend money for holidays and so on. But it's usually like 10,000, round about 10,000. The second way is if you've got a credit card with a big limit, then sometimes you can just do it through your credit card. And the third way is there are some funding sources that will actually lend you money to finish a project. They don't work on interest so much as a lump sum, so they're quite expensive. But if you do have a shortage of funding, look for those institutions that lend specifically for renovations to be able to fund a project. So I had one woman who had sold her She'd sold her property and had bought the second one and the settlement period was they didn't synchronise and so she had a period of time where she didn't have the money to settle so she went to one of those organisations, got the money. I think it cost her about 40000 but it was a few million dollars for this couple of weeks and that actually got her over the line because risking not settling can cost you a massive amount of money and for her that was worth doing. And the last way, number seven, which I haven't included a seventh point in here, but I thought I'd just add a seventh one is there are private investors around or private borrowing organizations and you can borrow money privately for between eight and 20%. So it's often not a great way to fund your reno, but if you're absolutely desperate to get something done and over the line, then you might consider that. Don't forget to book your tickets to She Renovates Live. Our early bird ticket offers are going to be ending shortly and you don't want to miss it. going to be an amazing day. The theme is Million Dollar Renovator, which may sound a little bit get rich quick. So I just want to quickly dispel that. So if you make this, take the right steps from the beginning when you start to renovate moving forward, the Your capacity for impacting your life is exponential and it's really about taking the right steps and choosing the right strategies. Now, a lot of renovators in particular get stuck in flipping for a few reasons. Sometimes if you're renovating to replace your income, obviously that's what you need to do for a period of time, but it's really important to move to the next step so you can move into that realm of building wealth, and building passive income and it's not such a big step and i think the term million dollar renovator suggests that you're working with multi million dollar projects and often the projects are quite modest but they have exponential returns and so that's what we're going to be bringing to you in she renovates live projects that are happening in our community with quite modest buying prices most of them not all obviously but have the capacity to really set these women up for life and are setting them up for life. So if you would like to be part of that, we would love to see you there. It's at the grounds of Alexandria in Sydney, which is a magnificent venue, which I know that you all love. And we would really love to see you there. So make sure that you get your ticket and join us. That's it for now and take care, everyone, and I'll see you next week. If you want to meet up with a group of Savvy Renovating, I shouldn't say it's all women because it's not, Savvy Renovators, I'll say come over and join She Renovates. It's completely free Facebook group and it is growing at the rate of knots. We hit 1,000 members just recently and now it seems to have picked up momentum. And so they are all savvy renovating women and men that are working their little hearts out to live a better life through renovating. Join, if you're not already a member and then ask, comment, and do whatever you would like to do in order to further your renovation journey. And that's it for me today, so I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.